0: Evolution at Org Podcast coming your way, guys. This is the extended version. Uh, the part one was 323. This is 333. Steve Smee here and Rick in the house. What's up, buddy?
1: Uh, you, you, lost the, you lost us over the numbers. What was part one and then part two? This is, You said tweet 323 and then you said 333.
0: Yeah, you're right. I'll redo it.
1: Uh, no, you don't have to redo it. Just go over okay. it. I'm not even going to edit this out. People, people are going to know we fuck up sometimes. It's fine. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right, so guys, you just listened to 332. This is part two, which is 333 Q&A. Steve me here and Rick in the house. What's up? Hey,
1: what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: All right, so let's get right to it, man. Um, what steroids should you never mix together? So when I first saw this question, I, I'm going to approach it through stacking. Um, in, in my view on stacking steroids, guys, I, I came out with an article a couple years ago. And it's on the forum and I'll link it in the uh, description about how to stack steroids. There is a method to the madness of stacking steroids. And if you learn how to move more effectively stack steroids, you can save yourself a lot of trouble you can save yourself a lot of money. You can save yourself a lot of avoiding side effects. You can save yourself a lot of health detriments and libido problems and all kinds of stuff. So really, um, You know, check out that article in the description, but let me go over some of these facts. Um, If you stack more than one aromatizing compound in a cycle, you can expect to put on a lot of water retention, a lot of bloat, and a lot of side effects associated with those estrogenic side effects. Opens up the possibility of gynecomastia, bitch tits, opens up the possibility of insomnia, high blood pressure, heart strain blow water retention, you know, looking having smooth round muscles instead of being ripped and vascular. So those are those are the risks of of stacking more than one estrogenic compound. Example, testosterone. You use a moderate doses of testosterone and you stack another estrogenic compound, like say dinable, you're gonna get a lot of bloat. Um, the you know those two are not probably not really good to stack together at, at moderate dosages, at least. You could run a low dose of testosterone and a low dose of D-Bowl together, and you could probably get away with it. But I mean, running a moderate dosage, say you ran 500 milligrams of test and 50 or 30 milligrams of D-Bowl, you're going to bloat. And for some guys, you know, they they don't mind that. Some guys just like that perma-bulker look, they just want to be big and strong. And um, so it just depends on your goals. Androgenic compounds. The biggest one, trend, if you stack trend with another androgenic compounds, you're going to deal with a lot of problems. You're going to have a lot of androgenic side effects, a lot of heart issues, a lot of organ strain, a lot of inflammation, a lot of insomnia, a lot of feeling like crap all day, a lot of feeling tired all day, not, mo- you know, some days you won't be motivated then you walk into the gym, you'll be motivated because you're so strong in the gym but like sometimes you just not even want to go to the gym because you'll be feeling so tired. So it's a really good idea not to stack another androgen with Tren. I always recommend stacking a mild compound with Tren. Instead, something like an Anabar or T-Bowl, something like that, or Primo or EQ. Those stack really well with Tren because they don't add to those side effects. So there's a lot of different ways you can stack steroids, guys. If you check out that article I wrote, I think there's one or there's two or three parts of that article. It's a really long article. You can check that out. Um, You know, Rick, you know, I'm going to bring you in. What are some other good and bad ideas when it comes to mixing steroids together? All right. So
1: um, one of the things I found, a lot of personal experience, a lot of forum work, a lot of clients, is uh, these are the main four you need to look out for uh, when stacking together. Now, you can stack them together even all four at once, as long as you keep the dosing really, really low. And, and not only just keep the dosing low, but you also have at least half of your total dosing is another steroid that is not one of these four. So these, this is Deca, Trembolone, Anadrol, and Winstrol. Those four I found that when you mix together in a high enough amount, they will fuck with the way you have sex. They will just mess with, 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 with your libido either you can never finish and it takes you hours to have an orgasm or you are horny and you want to have sex, but you have like a softy and you can't get it up. It just, it'll, or you just can't, or you just don't even get aroused altogether. So if you mix too much, if you have too much Deca, you'll get that. If you have too much strembalone, you may get some of that too. So even on their own Anadrol, even on their own, they can mess with you, but if you mix them together in their effective dosing, meaning if you're sitting there going, you know, 400 mgs of DECA a week, plus 75 or 100 MIGs of Trembolone acetate every other day, guess what? You're probably gonna have some problems with the way you have sex. Uh, also, uh, in that same order, Winstraw, right? Winstrol. Winstrol on its own is, is perfect, it's fine. But once you mix Winstraw with some other ones, then you get like some side effects that are out of proportion when you mix Winstrel and DECA, when you mix winstrol, and Trambolone, when you mix winstrol and Anadrome. Again, some crazier side effects, mostly with your sex drive when it comes to, to mixing winstrol with those. Now, if you mix winstrol with primobolin or with testosterone, you might have some issues with hair loss. Something that maybe on a just a winstrol only cycle, you, you might get a little bit of shedding, not noticeable. You toss some primo ball in there. You toss some testosterone in there. Now you might be in a different. Now you might notice some pretty bad hair loss, and and again, it goes by. It goes by dosing to me. You know, Winstroll, Deca, Tremble, and Anadrol. You could potentially even put all those in the same cycle. Well, I, I wouldn't do that because you need testosterone in there. But you could potentially, as long as you keep it real low, like Deca. You could do hundred megs a week of Deca, and then fifty megs of. Um, of trembolone, you know, every third day, something like that. You could toss them in, sprinkled in, you know, as they say in the supplement realm, pixie dust them in. Uh, and to make up a total of less than half of your total uh, dosing, and then you have, you know, testosterone is, is the other steroid, or EQ, or maybe D-ball, I don't know. But testosterone is what I prefer. So that's it, man, just those... uh Those are the mixes that I found the the biggest problems with. And obviously, Steve already mentioned, when you mix, you know, testosterone and dianabol and you have, uh, you get problems with aromatization, testosterone, dianabol, EQ, aromatization, obviously those are covered by Steve. I want to throw something else out there when it comes to progesterone and prolactin issues and and libido.
0: All right. So next topic is how not to get screwed when you're ordering steroids and- I've been screwed once in my life uh, where, you know, I sent money off and they just disappeared on me. That was years ago. Um, And the source got shut down and then they came back and they never made me whole. I never, you know, I just took the loss. Um, So, you know, stuff like this happens all the time, guys, sources come and go you know, they could get shut down. They could, they could quit. They could, you know, their wife could, you know, blackmail them and all kinds of stuff happens. I've heard so many stories over the years when it comes to this type of thing. So it's bound to happen, but the way you can avoid it, I think the simplest way is just ordering small amounts. And this way, if you do get screwed, it's not a big deal. Don't be, you know, trying out a source for the first time. And then you send them fifteen hundred dollars, cash. And you know you're ordering that much stuff, because then if you lose that fifteen hundred dollars, that hurts. Fifteen hundred dollars is a lot of money. I know it's pocket change for you, Rick, but for a poor guy like me, fifteen hundred bucks is a lot of money. So you know, send out two, three,
1: four. But $1. yeah, I'm I'm not a rich guy. Fifteen hundred is fifteen hundred, man, for sure. Yeah. For sure, that, hurts that
0: buys a lot a of lot. That, buys a, that buys a lot of hookers, huh? Fifteen hundred. Well in Columbia buys you about I don't of. I don't I don't do prostitution, man. Not at all. You don't
1: not, 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 I don't believe in prostitution at all. Not my thing at all.
0: <laughs> all right. So yeah, so I mean, small amounts, guys, and then you know, just check in, like do do your homework on these sources. Don't just take some guy's word for it off of Reddit or, or Instagram or something. You know, and then you know do a little homework and background check on these guys and check to see, you know, if they got a lot of customers that are satisfied with them, see if they have reps on the forums, they got reps on the forums. Then if something goes wrong, you can always just hit up the rep and tell them, Hey, you know, this, this happened, that happened. And the reps will, you know, try to make things right for you. And if they don't, everyone's going to see that they didn't make it right for you. And, uh, you know, that's, they you know, they're going to do their best to, to kind of help you out there. So, that's a good idea. Uh, what else, Rick? What's another way you can kind of prevent yourself from getting screwed?
1: Uh, mainly just uh, reviews, knowing the sources. If you have a, a gym source, being you know, having a gym source is usually decent because you can look the guy eye to eye and if there are problems. You know, usually someone who has to see you and run into you is less likely to screw you. But also good guys online, good sources online that deliver, good local places that have a decent pricing and you can still get good stuff from. Um, Again, going on the forums, seeing the latest reviews of the sources. Make sure that the sources are out there and are active. If the source is out there and is active and is known and there are other customers that interact with the source and you could see some of the conversations pretty it's a pretty no brainer there at that point, but it's, it's always, it's always tough. You know, it's always tough to know if you're going to get screwed or not. Uh, some sources that carry different, several different brands, they don't know when one of these brands decides to, to uh, go bad. And uh, they're not testing batches of made product, you know, in the packaging when it comes in. So you have to, well, uh, first of all, you got to know that this is, you know, criminal activity, unfortunately, and. We have to find, you know, black market sources. And when you're in the black market, there's just little to no regulation at all. You just can always get screwed. So you just, it's just part of the lifestyle, unfortunately. But things you can do is make sure you build that trust, you know, build that trust and make sure that you can can see what they're up to. Even after every order, even if you've been ordering for the same guy for two, three years, you still want to go circle back and see if recently he screwed anybody. Recently, his, you know, their name is out there and is tarnished because a lot of times they'll keep taking money as they're going out of business, as they're retiring, as they're, uh, as they're sitting in jail waiting for a lawyer. Some, some one of their guys will be will be picking up money, and you'll never see it and. A lot of times it happens because people that have gotten, you know, two or three or four packs across a couple of years from them, they don't even go back and check and see if, if this person is still legit, what, what their rate ranking is like today. They just, boom, they just email them, say, Hey, I want this. And maybe the guy is known to have gone bad months ago. And he's not out there on the forums talking. He's not out there on social. He's not out there anywhere doing anything, but He's waiting for, for old contacts to, to email him again. And he's just gonna take their money. You know? It's just it, so main thing is keep up with it, stay on the forums, stay keep up with the sources, make sure that they're talking, make sure that they're out there, make sure their customers are are talking, and then you you've got something. You know, don't don't ever just keep hitting the same guy up over months with two, three, four different orders without going back to recheck him and re-verify him before every single order. You know, if we're talking. if we're talking, you know, male, if we're talking about a guy in the gym, I probably know other people that buy from him. I probably would go and, and, and ask people what they just got from him, if it was good or not. If he's a good source, if he's a good gym source, he won't mind it at all. He'll be happy that you're asking people what the reviews were and, and that they, you got a good review. He'll understand. He'll understand where you're coming from. He'll understand why you're asking because you just never know, right? So that's the main thing. Just before repurchase, purchase, go do a quick review. Go, go Make sure that guy's verified again before every single purchase, no matter how many times you've bought from him. That's a good rule of thumb.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's just like anything in life. You got to do your homework. You know what I'm saying? All right, buddy. So next one we're going to talk about is how much weight should I start with as a teenager? So Rick, you, you have more experience than me on this because you have a, a kid that's a teenager. So what is the advice you gave him? Um, because I'm sure he wants to weight lift, right?
1: Well, what I did was with, with his case, right? I, uh, he, he's he been doing bodyweight exercises since, since he can walk. I've had him do different things. He's always developed his muscle. I make sure that I'd make sure to build a good kinda, kind of a base of him moving around and, and learning how to do push-ups when he was, when he was a kid, he was a baby. So he learned how to, how to do little push-ups, how to do planks and things like that very early on. Uh, he did jujitsu, you know, when he was like eight, seven, all from about, from about seven until about 10, 11, he did jujitsu. So he's really been active and it's all body stuff. It's all calisthenic, a lot of cardio, and that's all you really want to do. Now, when he made the transition to lifting weights at around 14, 15 years old, I've lifted weights with him a couple of times. But really, at that point, he had a, a great wrestling coach, a great program at a school for wrestling, more than one coach in the program, had like five guys, all very well-condecorated wrestlers and, and coaches that were working with him, and I was fine to, to hand them off to them. You know, I didn't feel like I needed to go in the weight room and dictate what's going on. I remember my coach led me in the right direction. Coach, uh, coach Chetty uh, taught me that the numbers go in on the plates. The very first day that I was bench pressing at the school, that I was allowed into the weight room with, with the football players and the wrestlers, uh, coach was there because he's a big powerlifting guy, big, you know, big squatter, big deadlifter, huge deadlifter. Uh, he had a competition going with a, with a janitor. Janitor guy was, was a big competition, dude. He was just a janitor there. And him and Coach Chetty would 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 uh, try to outbench each other. And he taught me numbers in. And so I was fine to let him be in the hands of his coaches. But yeah, ideally, just bodyweight exercises until you're about 14, 15. Then at 14, 15, you could, you could do some weight. I probably wouldn't get too crazy with like personal records and all that should do all the movements, deadlifts, squats, bench, all the big movements, lightweight, you know, bring, bring, uh, bring sets to failure. Really, really work on, on the muscle contraction without just completely stressing the joints out and, and especially the back, you know, your spine. You want to just teach that kid from really early on to take care of their back, you know, the spine. You know, most other injuries and most other things, you can really bounce back from really really good but man if you don't watch your back your spine back posture you start cheating when you early on and and all these things man your back you have to really take care of long term even something as simple as as a wrong sleeping posture could put just a one section of your back will age faster than the rest of your back because of a, of a bad sleeping posture you might have a, a disc in your in your back that's 10, 15 years older in comparison, in in, in wear and tear than the other parts of your back. So mainly watch your back, literally spine, and body weight exercises until about 14, 15. And then at 14, 15, no big PRs, no big anything, just concentration on form, very smooth, slow, good form, good movements, and keeping the weight sensible.
0: I think starting out just with the bar, Rick, how about that? Like if you're doing a bench press, start with the bar. Oh, you, oh, you have to because
1: the first time you get somebody on their bench, they push one arm faster than the other and the bar goes sideways. So, yeah, anybody, even a grown-ass man who's been, who's been, who's been doing push-ups, the first time you get him in a bench press, under a bench press, they're going to twist that bar every other way. So, yeah, obviously, if, if you're teaching them, right, the bar,
0: yeah, that's all you yeah, I mean, you got to learn proper form. It's just like learning how to drive a stick shift. I mean, you know how to drive a stick shift, right, Rick?
1: Yeah, obviously, yeah. What
0: do you mean, obviously? I mean, you, you didn't, you know, you're not, a, you weren't an adult overseas. But, you know, outside the United States, everyone drives a stick shift. So, the first time I got a stick shift, I tore it up, man, because no one, no one taught me how to drive it. I, I tore that thing up so bad. It was like smoking, you know, there was like white smoke coming from the engine.
1: Drive a stick shift, motorcycle, boats jet skis, ride horses to like expert level horses like I could get on a pursuit in a horse.
0: You're like a country, you're like a country boy, huh? You're from You like- know,
1: uh, you know growing up when I was a really really small kid and I used to watch movies with my dad. We used to watch Schwarzenegger, we used to watch Chuck Norris, we used to watch Charles Bronson. We used to watch all these old movies. You know, the guy always knew how to shoot the gun. The guy always knew how to fight. The guy always knew how to, if, you know, if he got to the barn and there was a horse, he'd get right on it and gallop out. So I felt growing up like, all right, I need to be fluent in fighting. I need to be fluent in weapons and I need to be able to ride and drive every vehicle that's out there, at least to the degree where I'm saving my girl from the bad guys. At least. Yeah, we
0: grew up during that, that <laughs> macho man uh, era with, the, with the, you know, uh, the Rambo and the Magnum PI and um, Guy. You know, bro- I never liked wrestling <laughs>
1: growing up. Like, I knew it was, like, I figured out it was, it was just entertainment and, and, and yeah. it wasn't like, like they weren't really hitting each other really early on. And I just never liked wrestling. I mean, I, I, I liked the fact that the dudes were like fit. You could see those athleticism, but I never really got into plot lines, storylines, none of that stuff. Now, when the UFC came around, and I watched Hoist Gracie on the first UFC beat the fuck out of everybody. They got my attention. From the very first UFC, which the first time I saw of UFC, I rented the tape from Blockbuster. There's a section in Blockbuster, tiny section for documentaries and things like that. So I, went, I picked up the UFC uh, a tape uh, from Blockbuster. It's the first time I seen it. And that's it. I mean, I, I knew that was it. Like I went from not even caring about wrestling, anything. To like, man, I'm I'm hooked on this. Do you like
0: the fake wrestling, like the WWE, or no? Oh, that's what I
1: meant. Oh no no, I no no. See, I was a wrestler in high school. I mean, no like, no.
0: I, now now, do you do you like that or you? Oh, think no, I
1: don't I don't I don't know any of this. Stuff. I don't know any. It's, bro, there's so many things to, to keep pay attention to. That wrestling, I was just completely omitted. I don't know what's going on there. So no, but th-
0: like the fake wrestling, do you find that entertaining or do you think it's stupid is my question?
1: I respect the athleticism to just an incredible degree. You just won't believe how much I respect the athleticism and the technique, the technique that goes, you know, learning how to fall as a, as a wrestler and in martial art that I respect that aspect of it. But I just, I'm just not sitting there biting my nails, hoping who's gonna win. Like I know it's predetermined. I know it's pre- predetermined who wins. I know they get really hurt, like really hurt. And I know that the level of athleticism to pull off the kind of acrobatics this guy's pull off with the mass that they carry. I mean, these are 200 something fucking 250 pound motherfuckers flying through the air, falling, boom, several times in, in, in a few minutes. That's a lot of athleticism, and I respect the fuck out of that.
0: Yeah, it really is. I've known some wrestlers – I've known some former wrestlers, and a lot of them are really, really messed up from from wrestling. So it really takes a a toll on your body. Um, Very, very very dangerous – you know, even yeah, though it's that, scripted, yeah, it's very... Yeah, that, that's
1: my thing when wrestling is, it's just the line between respecting the hell out of the athleticism, because I, I can see what they're doing, and I know what that feels like, to just, to I'm just not that interested, because it's not a nail-biter. Like, I think if you just follow the plot lines, you can kind of predict who they're going to make win and not, you know?
0: All right, guys, so next topic is why... Are there so many diets? And let's go over some of the popular ones. So, Rick, uh, what direction do you want to kind of take this uh, topic in? Well, um, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to mention some of the diets like the paleo,
1: the keto diet, right? Uh, there, there's several ones out there, uh, <laughs> Weight Watchers diet, all, these, all of these different ones. And I guess what, you know, what, what, when I looked at this question, it looked like a great question. But then, as we get into the podcast, I just realized we're just going to have a whole rant about how fasting is the best diet out of out of all of them. How fasting can be a lifestyle, not just a diet, and how all other diets kind of kind of suck compared to fasting, right? So. Um, so I
0: guess... So let me, let me kind of take this other direction. So let me answer the question, why is there so many diets? There's always like these diet gurus and doctors that come up with a new fat, uh, new diet, like Atkins and uh, the South Beach diet and uh, the you know paleo diet and uh, all these. I can go through the list. There's the vegan diet. There's a vegetarian diet. There's the carnivore diet. And usually it's some you know, doctor that comes up with it and, and puts it in, but like, you know, let's, let's kind of, let's kind of understand though, what diet can you incorporate at any time into your lifestyle to benefit you? I don't care if you're a bodybuilder competing. I don't care if you're a football player. I don't care if you're a hockey player, baseball player, if you're just a normal gym rat, or if you're just a guy who, just eats and stays in shape, you know, with the pandemic. It, maybe some of you haven't gone to the gym in two, three months. You're, you don't want to get sick. So you've, you've been taking a break from weight training. You just want to eat healthy. So what did they do in the Blue Zones? We talked about it on a couple uh, Q&A. We, we talked about Q&A. Go back a couple Q&As. And we talked about the Blue Zones. What kind of diets do they eat in the Blue Zones? They eat whole, natural, single-ingredient foods. They eat a lot of plant-based foods, 95% of their diet, plant-based foods. Okinawa, they eat a lot of sweet potatoes. Most of their diet in Okinawa, is sweet potatoes, tons of sweet potatoes. Something about a sweet potato, so damn nutritious. Um, and it's true. Like I used to eat a sweet potato every day, Rick, and I was so healthy, man. Like everything was healthy. There's just something in a sweet potato, just all the nutrients and vitamins and minerals in, in a sweet potato that's-
1: You look like a sweet potato. Eat.
0: Oh, that's sweet. You're you, know, you look like one of those dark sweet potatoes with your with your bald head. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna eat you. I'm gonna eat your head.
1: You're, you're a sweet sweet potato, you're
0: a sweet guy, any, guys. But any any, let's say you're just you want to change stuff up. Just do like a uh, do a plant based diet for like two weeks. Just eat nothing but fruits and vegetables for two weeks. Whole whole organic fruits and vegetables for two weeks. Um, Some, some nuts, some seeds here and there is okay. And just do that for a couple weeks and then go back to eating, eating meats again, but eat more fatty meats, put more fatty meats in your diet instead of just going and buying, you know, the muscly parts of the, of the animal and just the fat free beef and everyone's scared of fat, you know, fat's bad, fat's bad. no, Try a high fat diet, Try 60% of the foods I eat every day are are fat, good fats. Not the bad fats, but the good fats. Lots of coconut oil in my food. I eat a lot of avocados. I did, you know, some fatty fish here and there, nuts, um, I, uh, lots of nuts, lots of good fats from nuts. Guys, I mean, try something different, you know, in your diet and see how you feel, you know, but you can always transition to this and see how you feel on it. I love, I love meat. I mean, I, I, uh, way too much red meat than I should. Um, I love red meat. I love a, a grass fed burger, um, you know, on the barbecue, you know? So, but like I'll go a week or two here and there where I won't eat any meat. I'll just eat a plant-based diet. And a lot of guys, you know, they get, they get triggered by, it. you know, some guy argued with me on, on social media about it. He's, I don't know like why he's so upset about it because I suggested that if you eat a lot of meat in your diet, that every now and then it's a good idea to number one, fast, you know, do a nice one, two, three, four, five day fast, do an, a plant-based transition, you know, do a plant-based diet for a week or two just to give your gut a little break. And then you can, you can re-add the, the meat in there. There's, I don't understand why people get triggered by me saying that because- it works, you know? Go ahead, Rick.
1: You know, I've looked into all these diets. There's one that I didn't pay a lot of attention to, and I have to admit, and, you know, it is my job to research all this stuff, and I do. But there was one that just, just the idea of it seemed kind of silly to me, and I never really, really put much stock in it at all. It's the paleo diet, right? Where you're only supposed to eat foods that we've determined people were eating before we came to the new world. Right, um, I just thought that was just. I hate to say. It, I hope nobody. I mean, even if, if you've spent enough time on this diet, don't get offended. I just think it's fucking stupid, and it's and it's stupid because none of the foods or animals that we would be able to eat today, even if they existed before the New World, if even if we're able to eat them today, they're not being fed the things, or they're not growing up the way animals and plants were growing up before the new world. So that the whole thing just goes out the window. If you think that you're allowed to have goat or or whatever because there were goats in in Europe before we made it to the Americas, well, guess what? Your goat now is part of his growing up uh, um, regimen. He gets drugs and shots and vaccines. Not only that, that goat, has been basically genetically bred over ages to be a different, different cat, different goat. So the fact that you're going to kind of restrict yourself to certain foods that were supposedly only have been available before a certain time, but even those foods that you're restricting yourself to are not being brought up, raised, are not, being, are not really available in their original form then, you know, that diet is just a, it's just a great idea on paper. But in actual practice, it's – you
0: just won't move yeah. it off. Well, cows didn't even exist in the United States um, until, what, the early 1900s? I mean, and dairy didn't even exist in the United States. So, or well, the, I think
1: the whole premise is, like, like some of the stuff that we adopted as food when we got to the New World, which I believe was, like like, corn – and like tomatoes and things like that. I, again, I, I haven't looked. But like before a certain time, you know. And I think, yeah, so paleo is like what a, what the paleolithic person would eat. And the idea is that if it was available in Europe, chances are you can eat it. Right? I could be wrong. Listen. You I, know, I, I understand what you're saying. I admit I haven't looked at it. As soon as the I. premise I, I, is,
0: is yeah. good though. The premise yeah. of the. As soon as
1: I understood that, that people were trying to eat like like cavemen. Like as soon as I understood, people were trying to eat like ancient man, uh, even though none of the foods that we consume today are are anywhere near close to the foods that were available during ancient times. That goat is a different animal. That pig is a different animal today than it was back then.
0: So yeah, domesticated.
1: Completely different animal. So you can't. You just can't pull it off. It, it can't go past just just an idea on paper.
0: Bottom line. But but the thing about it is, it is a good idea. It's a good premise. The problem is, it's executed poorly. I'll give you an example. Like a, if you go on these gurus who push the this, the paleo diet, they're saying that you know you can go to Chipotle and and have uh, one of those you know whatever there and then little little salads with the meat in it and stuff. But they don't understand that they use sunflower oil and we talked about it in the last podcast, they use sunflower oil in that food. It's a refined it's oil. Just, it's just, it's just very food. hard
1: to execute. Yeah, it's very hard to execute. But I mean, I mean
0: also mean- another thing too, the amount of food that, that one meal from Chipotle is probably what a paleo person, that amount of meat in that one thing is what they probably ate in a month. That's the amount of meat they probably ate in a month. If they were lucky, in some cases they would never even see that much meat in a month. I mean, if it's over the winter, they're not going to catch any, any food. Uh, Over the winter, they're uh, you know all the animals are hibernating or or hiding uh, from the cold or migrating or whatever, so they're never going to see that food. Another thing, the amount of food in the paleo diet, the amount of food people consume, that's not realistic. You didn't have you know restaurants and fridges and pantries and stuff, so you cannot do the paleo diet with that amount of food, and you can't do the paleo diet without instituting fasting as well. And in some cases, you know these the cavemen they would go long time without food because there was no food i mean yeah they, 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 they would all right so and that, that last topic rick is going to be i'm going to tell you the last topic it's going to be how to make your girl get over a fight quickly so let's say you get in a big blow-up fight with someone you know what do you do from there And uh, one of the mistakes that I made over the years is going to bed still pissed off at each other. And you got two bulls, you know, it's like bull on bull. You know, nobody wants to say I'm sorry. Nobody wants to admit that they were the wrong. Maybe you're hurt by something that was said. Maybe she's hurt by something that was said. Really, at the end of the day, I I strongly recommend not to go to bed until you guys kind of squash it. Because if you go to bed angry at each other. Then and then the next day, you know, you tend to just act like nothing happened. You're setting a really bad precedent. And it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. So I've made that mistake in relationships. The girl might might just cry all night. For, she'll be really upset. And you don't want that. You don't want her to be be crying all night. That's not, you know, that's not right. She's gonna hold that against you. So I really recommend never go to bed angry at each other. Even if you were the one who wrong, at least give her some space, let her catch her breath, you know, let her get the anger out, let her calm down, and then reach out to her and be like, look, you know, I, I love you, and, you know, I said some things I shouldn't have said, I apologize, I'm sorry, but, you know, I love you, and you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And I don't want to go to bed upset at each other. Everyone knows that quote. It's been like in tons of shows, tons of movies. Everyone knows that quote. So she'll, she'll know that quote. She'll respect it. And you tell her, look, you know, let's take, you know, 10 minute break. And then let's, let's have a conversation. And then you can have a conversation and squash it and, you know, give her a kiss. Good night. And then you can go to bed, but don't just go to bed angry at each other and or leaving something unresolved because she's gonna be remembering that she's gonna think about that all night she's gonna dream about that negativity you're gonna bring that negativity into the relationship and it's gonna end up costing you a relationship like it did for me several times um cost me relationships and i look back and uh you know, I don't regret it at all because it wasn't the right situation for me, but I regret hurting the other person. I regret, you know, uh, not setting that precedent correctly. So, you know, I vow never, never to do that again. So at some point when you mature, I strongly recommend that you follow that. And if you aren't following it, start doing that now. How about you, well, it depends the size of the fight.
1: You know, it can't, it, you know, so I'm going to try to offer different solutions for different sizes. So any kind of big problems where she fucked up or you fucked up, uh, if she fucked up, just make sure that you, that you let this, make sure you're not mad when you talk about it. Worst thing you can do is try to approach these subjects when you're mad or make sure that if you start talking about it and you get worked up, make sure you, Calm down or, 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 or say you'll finish the conversation a little bit later or another time. But don't say things out of anger. So number one is, if she messed up, make sure that you, without being offensive and in a very constructive manner, in a the future will be better manner, explain to her why it's not cool and why you'd like it not to happen again. If you fucked up and you realize and you accept it, then accept your faults. So accept you messed up. Let her know how you're trying to change. Ask her for help changing. That's one thing you need to realize too. Like sometimes your significant other will say, Hey, you know, you kind of, this, this is really not good that you do this. And if you accept it and you, and you agree with her, you could say, Hey, help me change that somehow. I'd like to change too. How about, how about, but sometimes I can't help it. How about this? How about that? Um, little fights, you know, if you just got little fights, if you got one of these relationships where you do little micro fights every day, stop being petty stop being petty. And if the person wants to be petty towards you, just make it a practice in self-discipline to completely ignore the pettiness and just stay grounded on what's important. And maybe if that's not enough for this person to not be petty towards you, maybe they need to be out of your life. But whenever you get into one of these patterns with your significant other, with you guys are all both petty, 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 petty Before you get upset or you make things larger than they are, you need to first stop being petty and give that a shot. How long? Depends on your relationship. Two days, two weeks, two months, who knows? But you start to show that pattern of just worrying about what's really important, never being petty, never just looking for a reason to be upset. Always, even if she's doing things that upset you, always try to find a way in your head to not be upset about it. Just relieve yourself of any pettiness. Start there. Being petty is probably one of the easiest patterns of behavior a person can get into. And it's probably one of the most destructive ones. Because being petty is just, act, you're basically creating friction when there could be none. And then, so those are, those are the, the, the patterns. Now, the last one. What if it's a little fight? Little bullshit. Maybe you overreacted to something and then you realize you erased your voice and that wasn't cool, you know? Like, you know, she took too long to get ready. Or, she, you know, one, some of these small things that you already kind of know about her and you've grown to accept that aren't really that bad in the big picture, you know, but, but you overreacted about it that one time. I'll give you guys a good hack. Here's a good one. Unless it's a big core issue, like I said. Unless you guys are like in, in petty fight. Because if you guys are like in petty mode, then what I'm going to tell you is she's going to open a, a door for her to be petty towards you back. So this is not petty mode. This is when you messed up, you overreacted, and she's hurt because you overreacted. But it's not a big core problem. It was just something you did, you, you misguidedly, you responded to her like in a way that you shouldn't have, you know. So this is what you do. As you guys are sitting there, not talking to each other, because the first thing that happens is you guys stop talking, even if you're in the same room. Just wait, 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 and then start acting normal. And I don't mean normal like just talking to her normal. I mean your demeanor, the way you look, the way you act, just act normal. Not like you don't care. Not like you're trying to be petty torture. Just like everything's fine. Just give it a minute, give it a minute, give it a minute. And wait until she gets distracted. If it's not a big core problem, if it's not that big of a deal, if it's something just small and stupid you did, just wait until she's distracted and then just go give her a hug and a kiss. You might have to wait until the next day, but just catch her when she's distracted and just give her a hug and a kiss and make sure, and don't bring up the problem. Just, just try to be, be physical and affectionate with her again. And you'll notice that she would have, if it wasn't a big deal, would have forgotten about what happened. And while you're there, maybe giving her a kiss or a hug, she'll remember what the fuck happened and then she'll automatically tense up and pull away a little bit. Because you just remember what the fuck you did. But what you did to get her to that point is you walked around and you acted like nothing was going on. Like, we're fine. I might not be talking to you like we're normal because then you give it away. But you just act normal. And then you wait for the right – and you do something you've always done. Maybe embrace her from behind or maybe grab her hand or just do something that she naturally will always react with, with, you know, being reciprocal. And as soon as she reciprocates, it'll take her a few seconds, maybe sometimes minutes will go by. And she's like, wait a minute, I was fucking mad at you, wasn't I? And then you just go, oh, baby, I'm sorry. Come on. Just. And then it's done. It's done. Some issues, and remember this some issues or some problems, some fights are not worth having a big talk over. You're just, you're just making a bigger problem than what it is. It's like certain things, if you just don't talk about them, they really aren't problems. Okay? And, and, and this is just one of them. If you just, if you realize you kind of fucked up, you don't want to do it again. It's a spur of the moment thing and, and it's done over with. You realize that don't have a big talk about it and she shouldn't be that mad. She should forget. If you just let her take a few steps, go to the bathroom, go, go drink something. When the time she comes back, she'll have forgotten that shit even happened. Even those, those ladies that are kind of mean and, and hold on to a grudge for a little while, you can even catch them off guard once you give her that kiss and you grab that butt and you throw your hand and you grabbed her crotch, see, if she's your girl, you could, you could do it if you fine. Once you've done all of that, then she, again, she's realized, she said, Hey, I, Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was mad at you, but you already got your hands in there. You're like, Hey, listen, baby, my bad won't happen again. So long, uh, long answer for you guys there. What do you think, Steve? What do you think about my answer, Steve?
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, you know it's a diff- it's it's a tough situation when you're yeah I, I don't know like you know i think if you're fighting a lot it's um you have to kind of evaluate why you're fighting is it a money issue is there someone unhappy you're not compatible is, is it is it just a way to ease your anxiety just fighting and if you notice like her parents how do her parents act together or are her parents divorced if her parents are divorced obviously she viewed a lot of negative stuff and to her that's normal to behave you know to fight and argue and stuff so yeah women you know there's old saying rick women can't live with them can't shoot them And speaking of women that's that's that's, a, that's
1: like that's you know, in, in in 2020, saying stuff like that would get us in trouble. People are too sensitive for stuff like that.
0: <laughs> so speaking of that, Rick, uh, we're going into the summer, almost to July. You know what season this is right now?
1: Summer, summer, summertime. Right. What
0: happens during the summer? The ocean warms up. What do you get when the ocean warms up?
1: Uh, women want sex.
0: <laughs> no, hurricanes. Yeah,
1: hurricanes. Oh, hurricanes. Oh, yeah. shit. I thought we were talking about something pleasant to close up the show. Fuck, we're going to talk about natural disasters.
0: <laughs> I right, got, it. got it. No, but do, you, do you, <laughs> you know like where they get the hurricane names?
1: Oh, females. Females. Yeah, usually. Yeah. You usually know why women,
0: women are named after hurricanes? But wait.
1: What about Hurricane hurricanes? Andrew?
0: Yeah, they're either male or female, but you know why they name them, why they're named after women? Why? <laughs> because when they're arrived, they're wet and wild. When they leave, they take your house and your car.
1: Bro, that's, we're going to, you know, good thing that we only have like two female listeners because they'll be, you know, they'll be picketing outside of the headquarters to try to get us off the air cancel culture because you're sitting here making these jokes. These are jokes like old man jokes. Like these are jokes that like your grandpappy would tell a friend at work. But today in a podcast, you can't say stuff like that, bro. We're going to get canceled, dude.
0: We're going we to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to boycott our sponsors.
1: Can't make, can't, can't make jokes like that. We will get canceled. So anybody out, any yeah, good thing is the very end of the podcast is like, you know, just the dudes listening. Um, Apologize on Steve's behalf. Um, not allowed to make any more jokes like that, Steve. Like we could do it in private, like just you and I talking, but like you can't say stuff like that on the air anymore.
0: All right, no more bad jokes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get canceled, bro. That'll be, it'll be funny, bro, because we'll, you know, we have a, we, we, we got a decent size audience, not, not huge. We're not like Joe Rogan size, right? But, or Tim Ferriss, any of these guys, right? But we're, we got a decent size audience and it's one of those things where there'll be like one or two angry people about that joke. And next thing you know, it's all downhill from there.
0: (laughs) Hurricane Andrew, that's why you brought up Hurricane Andrew.
1: Yeah, that's why I romantically brought up Hurricane Andrew. It's like, I'll get into some controversial talk. Look, I'm already being controversial, uh, uh, you know, talking about steroids, right? And, and something that shit, women, women have reason to be mad about that alone. Talking about steroids making men more manly. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, probably not the jokes, man. So, how are you doing, Steve? How's, how's it going? How's it going? Have you guys had a protests and stuff down in Florida where you're around?
0: Oh yeah, it's all over, yeah. I I'm still
1: I'm still stuck out of the country. I'm working on on being able to get back into the country, uh, uh working with the embassy to try to get a seat on a humanitarian flight. It's been tough. But I will tell you this, people around here down here what they're saying is this because they're watching like now you can see all these American uh news and you can see clips of uh, like their websites in in South America that are the whole theme of the website is to take American news and put subtitles on them and interpret it for you. And the word around here, people are saying it's like, Holy shit. Now the American news actually looks like the American movies. That is actually what people are saying here. That is, that is the trending line around here. It's Holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> the american news finally looks like like america finally looks like it does in the movies
0: because huh,
1: it's so surreal
0: well if you, if you know well, the they mo- must like action movies and on now. well
1: well you gotta understand like people that have grown up in other countries where the architecture is different the houses are different the fucking cars that they drive are all different right? Because some, some, some countries have, you know, they use way smaller vehicles than we do in America. Their highways are not like ours. Their buildings don't look like ours. So, the only sense they get of of American culture, which is very immersive, is our movies. High-speed car chases, zombie movies. People from outside of New York know New York well from watching, you know, I Am Legend. You know what I mean? So, so now it's like they're turning on the television, and what they're seeing—it's so crazy. It seems like a fucking movie. It seems like a movie. Now, I definitely would stay home for all this stuff. I don't. I don't like being out in, in huge crowds like this. I don't even like concerts. When people are there to have a good time, I, I'll. I'll listen to that in my car. I not really. What about, what
0: about weddings? Do you like going to weddings?
1: I don't mind, you know, if it's a good friend, and you know, I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, uh, Trevor, Trevor Curitzen invited me to his wedding. You, you're going too, right, aren't you? It's in August. Well, it depends on the, the pandemic. It depends on the pandemic. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. considering m-
0: making my, my way out to Canada for it. Um, but, well, the problem is the airport in Orlando, yeah. half, half the workers got, <laughs> got tested positive. So they pretty much shut down the airport. So I don't think I'm going to be going anywhere for a while.
1: Either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't mind what, I just don't like this, these huge, large, large crowds. It's, it's, it scares me. You know, last time that I was in a huge, large crowd, which was last New Year's, last New Year's, we were on the Vegas Strip, my mother, uh, one of my babies, one of my kids and, and my nephew. Um, and, and everybody was out on the street and then the people from the Paris Hotel, which the Paris Hotel lets in and out right on the strip, right in the middle of the strip too, they put fences up around the entrance of their hotel. So people left the Paris Hotel, they went out on the street, a ton of them, then the Paris Hotel had put these fences up. I don't know if they were before the people left or not. And then after midnight, everybody that was staying at the Paris or that could get through the, to the hotel going through the Paris, they just all piled in. And I found myself stuck in a sea of people. When I mean stuck, I'm talking about, dude, it was, it got scary. Like I had to sit there and like, watch, you know, protect my kids from people trampling. And then people started, people already drunk. Some people started to get upset because they couldn't move. Uh, guys just started swinging on other people because their, their mother got pushed or, or their, or their girlfriend got pushed and small scuffles started breaking out. And I'm sitting here in a sea of people with my kids. And and was fucked up is I'm watching, I'm looking over the other side of the fence at the Paris Hotel and it's empty in there. Their parking lot, everything, just the whole way up from the strip up to Paris, empty, completely empty. They just had fences up. And people didn't realize that they weren't being let in and it just kept piling on and piling on. I had to make my way out of the crowd and, and, and get my kids into, into, a, uh, into like a burger and, and beer joint right on the corner there where they have like, yeah, like pool ta- biller tables upstairs and stuff. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, I think it's called Beer Garden. Anyway, I had to push my kids in there, man, these large crowds. And I told myself, I said, you know what? I remember I hate large crowds like this. This is not happening again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Last time I do a huge large crowd on the street like this. Next time we do, uh, we do New Year's in Vegas, I'm going to be up at one of those balconies on a table. We're, we're, not, you know, we're not doing this thing on the street. again. It to- was scary, bro. It was, when I tell you that it was scary, dude, I mean, I'm sitting there like trying to calm people down that are around me from getting upset at other people because they thought they were being purposely pushed, trying to calm down drunk people, trying to calm them the fuck down. While I have two kids, I mean, my little one that, that I had, is two nine-year-olds, basically my son and my nephew, they're, they're a couple months apart. I had two nine-year-olds there that I'm trying to. Keep people from, from crushing in this crowd. My my mom, luckily, luckily, I had I had asked my mom to, to just make her way out of the place, go towards the burger spot, and I would try to navigate with the two babies over there. Cause that was the hard part of it. Myself, I'd have jumped all over that fucking crowd, walked over everybody's head, gotten out of there. No problem. But I got two babies that I'm trying to wow. keep from from maybe getting pushed on the ground and getting trampled. So yeah, bro, it was, it was scary. I hate large crowds. And when I see this on the on the news, people going insane and, 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 and on these crowds, like I wouldn't be there just because these top of large crowds are, are probably a, just a easy way to easy way to get hurt.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not big on the crowds either. Um, you know, I'm much more, uh, I like, a my idea, ideal vacation rake would be just like going to a cabin in the middle of the woods, somewhere in the mountains and just chilling, like, with no people. Like, I don't want to see a person for miles. I don't want to see. But on the flip side, you run the risk of running into a serial killer because now, you know, they could come kill you and nothing you can do about it.
1: Oh, because of the, the stuff going on? It'll 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 have to normalize. I'm, I'm really...
0: No, that's has nothing really... to do with the stuff going on. It has to do with, like, if a serial killer kills you in the middle of the woods, no one's going to know you're killed.
1: Right. Well, uh... You, if, you're, if there's less people around, what are the chances that the one person that's around is a serial killer? Um, like, like you're watching too many Jason movies. Look, if we're going to go there, look, as long as you don't have sex in the woods, you're not going to get killed. The only people that get killed in the movies are the ones that are having sex in the woods. Right? <laughs> or, am I, or, or am I like, out of the, are they getting killed over other reasons? I think as long as you're not having sex in, in the woods, I don't think you get killed. Right?
0: Gosh, that's, I, that's <laughs> yeah. I, I think so.
1: That, that's how all the movies went, right? If you good, were having sex in the woods, you get killed. That's isn't good. It? Uh, yeah, yeah, bro. You might have something there, bro. I, pff, I fuck yeah, I do. That's it. That's yeah. the price. If you don't want Jason to come get you, don't have sex in the woods. Don't don't go in the woods smoking pot and drugs and and being a, you
0: know, being a whatever. Just stay stay out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for the next joke? No, I'm just kidding. All right, guys, listen, we're Steve C. and Rick, that's another episode of Lucian Radio. We'll talk to you guys next, next time, guys. Have a good one.
1: Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.
0: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice.